history of pain, you can use Neil de Calf or Socrates. Socrates is interesting because it's site, onset and offset, character, radiation, associated symptoms, timing, exacerbating and relieving factors, and severity. Pain scoring systems, you can use something like the McGill Pain Questionnaire. Uh, and then we'll get on to you know, fixing pain. So the rules for analgesic prescribing the elderly are to keep it as simple as possible. So give it at fixed times. Regularly review the pain relief. Start low and go slow. Use high fibre. Uh, they have reduced kidney function, reduced liver function, and a lower volume of distribution. So you get a more variable response in your response to medications. People at high risk of NSAID side effects are people with age over 65, prior ulcer disease, presumably peptic, uh, if you're on high dose multiple NSAIDs, if there's concomitant corticosteroid therapy through duration of therapies more than three months, uh, if you've got a H. pylori infection. The indications for use for neuropathic pain relief include a burning, shooting, or electric or stabbing pain, having paroxysmal pain or spontaneous pain, having pain in the absence of ongoing tissue damage, pain in an area of sensory loss, allodynia or dysesthesia. Uh, and examples of neuropathic pain states are phantom limb pain, complex regional pain syndrome, diabetic peripheral neuropathy, spinal cord injury pain, and post-stroke pain. And types of medication you can use to treat neuropathic pain include carbamazepine, 50 megs BD, up to 400 megs BD, gabapentin, 100 megs daily, up to 800 megs TDS, sodium valparate, 200 megs BD, up to 600 megs BD, pregabalin, 70 megs daily, up to 300 megs BD, and duloxetine, which is an SNRI, 30 to 60 megs daily. Uh, a special note needs to be made of S8 prescribing legislation. So the S8 prescribing legislation has been tightened up and the rules now are that health practitioners must notify medicine and poisons control in the Department of Health if they prescribe for a period exceeding eight weeks, if they prescribe a high initial dose, if they prescribe a high daily dose, they prescribe high combination dose of different S8s, uh, if they're doing replacement of lost or stolen scripts, if they're providing early scripts, uh, if you're prescribing for a patient who has another S8 prescriber, or if you're prescribing for a patient who wants to transfer from another S8 prescriber. Uh, and for any patient previously notified, a renewal notification must be made every 12 months if there's been significant change to the S8 meds or a change to the person's circumstances, such as a change of medical condition or a change of address. Uh, and then touching on the previous things we're talking about with buprenorphine, <coughs> uh, if you're prescribing buprenorphine, you need to have completed a prescriber course and have followed the approved pathway outlined in the Code of Practice. You need an authorization to supply buprenorphine, buprenorphine in naloxone or methadone liquid, and that's required for each individual patient. Pharmacists are not required to view the authorization for each patient prior to dispensing. Uh, in terms of unsupervised doses, you may prescribe these for clients who meet stability criteria, 
reduced or stopped their use of illicit substances and have provided urine samples free of illicit substances. The maximum number of unsupervised doses to be prescribed is three per week for people on daily doses or one per week for people on alternate day buprenorphine or buprenorphine and naloxone unless this is authorised by the Chief Health Officer. There are provisions in the Code of Practice for packaging and labelling unsupervised doses and for dealing with clients who have missed one or more daily doses. Uh, and in general, if you're starting uh, pain relief, you have some obligations, and they are to basically to ensure there's an appropriate indication for it, provide education about the drug to the patient, so its purpose, side effects, and dosage regimen, to monitor its continuing need, effectiveness, and safety, to give the patient permission to telephone about any concerns, to be prepared to deal with the side effects, and eradicate known H. pylori infection. Uh, some more guiding rules for neuropathic pain relief. So TCAs may be better for constant burning pain. Antiepileptics may be better for sharp shooting pain. Carbamazepine is the drug of choice for trigeminal neuralgia. Uh, and the doses of TCAs are much smaller than those for treating depression. The treatment of painful diabetic neuropathy, uh, the features are complaint of burning in the feet with possible associated aching, cramping and tingling sensations, and they're worse during the night. Uh, need to exclude non-diabetic causes of painful neuropathy, such as uh, alcoholism and vitamin B12 deficiency, uremia or ischemic neuropathy associated with peripheral vascular disease. First-line treatment of painful diabetic neuropathy is TCAs and then duloxetine or gabapentin. The uh, last thing to mention is somatoform pain disorder or psychogenic pain. Um, so that's where the patient has distressing pain, but that cannot be attributed to any objectively demonstrable organic pathology. Differential diagnosis include occult organic pain, depression, substance abuse, malingering, and rare disorders such as sickle cell anemia and porphyria. Uh, management is difficult and based on caring support, devoid of promoting the sick role. Psychological treatments are directed towards helping the patient cope and live with the pain. The possibility of comorbid depression should be addressed. And if possible, an appropriate trial of antidepressants can be tried and referral for CBT are also options.